The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time with your hosts, Katie Marley. You know, it's a common thought that we can never balance our time and our money. We run out of money when there are still so many days on the calendar. What are some of the ideas and tools that will help us more efficiently manage these two resources? On today's program, you'll learn how being mighty is the result of transforming one's life. One insight, one choice, one action at a time. Now, here is K.D. Marley, which is K-Mar and D. Lee. Welcome to our show, Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels. My name is Dee Lee, and today I'm here with my co-host, Kmar, and host, guest host, Lynn Shrell. What are gems and jewels, really? They are stones and tend to have different value for each person. It depends on how each relate to them individually and also taking a look at what is the true value. As a little stone or pebble, they could be considered to be a very small um, size, but they could also have a huge value in terms of a different sense and basic effect. As we are spotlighting everyday jewels, we are taking a closer look at ordinary things in our daily living that are really magnificent when we stop and pay attention. As with jewels, the value is in the eye of the beholder. Over history, stones have been an essential part of the human existence for a long time. They have been called the bones of Mother Earth. One of the most famous is Stonehenge that is located in Wilshire, England, and it's believed to be built between 3000 BC and 2000 BC. People have really looked at it as a mystery for ever since the discovery, and recent discoveries have actually tossed out a lot of the previously known details because people believed certain things, but the study that was done recently found that there's actually 15 previously hidden monuments underneath Stonehenge. That research was actually using radar and laser scanning technology, which is really a non-invasive process to get a map of the subsurface area. These have been proven to be much less destructive than traditional digging-based kind of exploratory techniques. As a prob- you know, in essence, this project is not only mining, but is also discovering the interconnected detail meanings that are like little nuggets of history gathered as a result of their deep prospecting beneath home Stonehenge. These are really trying to put the discovery pieces together as they're you know, moving through the discoveries. And John Muir said, when we try to pick out anything by itself, we find it hitched to everything else in the universe. So your inner world is really waiting to be mined for something more precious than gold. All that stops you is unconscious belief patterns that you cannot see and worse, may not even know that they're yours. The deep rock query of your spirit holds the keys to living your best life. How do you connect to the deeper hidden parts of yourself? Mining your unique and precious energy can be a rigorous adventure. And it can actually destabilize the sense of balance that you feel now in body, mind, emotions, and spirit. 
However, by owning the responsibility of prospecting for your inner jewels and connecting with your base light for illumination, you can open to new possibilities and wiser choices. Ellen Klein suggested that your attitude is like a box of crayons that color your world. Constantly color your picture gray and your picture will always be bleak. Try adding some bright colors so to the picture by including humor and your picture begins to lighten up. I really like that imagery that we choose what our world looks like with our attitude and likening our attitude to the different colors in the box of crayons. That, that's a really good metaphor for things. You know, we can, yeah. So what color is humor? What color you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, seriously, I think it could be whatever color it is, I think it's going to be a sparkly one. How's that? <laughs> nice. Have you, did you guys see about um, Easter, the Easter Island heads? Have you seen that one where, you know, we all think that they're just heads, but really they're on, they were um, located on a volcanic slope and they've been buried. And so their bodies have been buried and they actually are full statues with bodies and everything. Wow. Yeah. No, I hadn't heard about that one. That's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like the discovery of, you know, the depth of what um, Stonehenge has. I think, you know, people have existed with all these preconceived notions, kind of like when they thought the world was flat. You know, it's because of the norm of attitude that nobody, some people don't want to step out and really look at things with a different perspective. So I think that's a huge learning opportunity. No, and, or when and the sun, people thought that the sun, that we the sun revolved around the earth. That was yeah. another mm-hmm. one, remember? Yeah. And you know, I'm really stuck on this crayon metaphor here. Um, people who aren't willing to consider different ideas, like that the world might be round instead of flat, or that the earth goes round to the sun instead of vice versa, are they the people who are very adamant about staying inside the lines when they color? You know, I'm I like, mean, move the lines. <laughs> <laughs> yes, really. You know, not not taking it literally as as in people who color the lines can't change their see other things, but you know, just in terms of the metaphor, that's that's kind of an interesting way to look at things. So here with our Mighty Gems program, we're wanting to help identify ways to discover the extra in the ordinary of every person or situation that you encounter. And these extra ordinary or magnificent in the mundane, we also use that phrase, uh, things can be hidden in lots of different ways. And part of it actually, maybe the biggest thing that hides them is the perspective that we have of just, you know, we take things for granted, we overlook things. But if you put together a process that um, of say, determining that I'm going to start looking for these things, it can really provide a lot of value to your life. So, okay, we're saying that these things are hidden. It's going to be kind of like the imagery of mining for gems. Um, I've been in the ruby mines in Tennessee, and that's one of the things that has kept coming back to me as we're putting these ideas together. And... So you're in there prospecting, or think of the prospectors in the gold rush. They needed tools to help them. The gold or the gems that are buried in the earth. 
when I was doing a little bit of research on this, one of the things I found was that the most critical tool in prospecting is actually knowledge. Not whether or not you have this kind of shovel or that kind of shovel or this kind of pan versus that kind of pan. It's knowledge that is the biggest, most important tool. And in this case, one of the things we are looking at is, as John Merce said, that everything is interconnected and we're all unique. Each gem is unique, but we're all connected. We're all part of this bigger energy system that we call the universe. And Abraham of Abraham Esther Hicks said, we're all one, one energy stream. But what makes the separations or distinguishes the differences is perspective. And you are a unique and individual perspective. We each have our own ways of looking at things. And that's, we have our own perspective. That's, that's where the differences come in. So we've been talking in the past few weeks about a lot of the individual things that make up each one of us. We can call them the minerals. And some of these are really deeply ingrained in us and are fairly hidden. Some are visible. The combination and mixture is what makes us valuable and also potentially explosive. And when you talk about mining, there's different images that come to mind. You can, one of the words that's associated with it is excavating. And if anybody's ever been around rock quarries where they're digging out different kinds of rocks, whether it's marble or granite or whatever, these different kind of rocks that are going to be used in building, you see a lot of the excavation. A lot of those are what's called the open pit mining, where there's just you just keep digging and it's all open to the sky. Some mines are actually more like... Uh, moles. They're burrows in the ground. You dig down in this hole and then you kind of build this tunnel system under the ground. When uh, some mines use the technique of running water over the surface and as the water keeps running over and over and over and over the same place, it erodes away the um, dirt so that you can see what's underneath the surface layer. Having the right mining equipment makes the discovery a lot easier, a lot more amazing, and a whole lot more fun than just trying to, say, dig in the dirt with a teaspoon. Uh, there's a book called Energy Medicine for Women. It was written by a lady named Donna Eden in conjunction with David Feinstein. And in there she says, energy is the living, vibrating ground of your being. And it is your body's natural self-healing elixir. It's natural medicine. This medicine, the energy medicine, feeds body and soul. And attending to it restores your natural vitality. Energy medicine is the science and art of optimizing your energies to help your body and mind function as it, at its best. So, okay, here we're kind of jumping back and forth between talking about energy which seems a lot less tangible and talking about something that's really tangible, mining, digging in the dirt. But again, everything is all connected. And Eckhart Tolle 
in The Power of Now says, keep energy, keep attention in the inner energy field of the body as you look around the room. The inner body lies at the threshold between your form identity and your essence identity. It's your true nature. Never lose touch with it. So, we're, it seems like we're talking about these radically different ideas here and trying to juxtapose them, but we'll get to where they connect here in a minute. So, hang on. Just bear with us on this. Well, you know, really what's happening is that um, in going into a prospecting journey, we're really working with an ancient energy, well, several actually, different energy systems, ancient systems, ones, they defy time and space. They're really about flowing energy and it's, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, we humans try to organize everything, right? So, um, but when you're expanding your awareness and your perception of these ancient systems and this flowing energy, you become more conscious of your possibilities and opportunities and energy for, for success in life. And, you know, there are many systems that have actually been created in history that help you expand your sight for enhanced awareness. And, you know, we've talked about it before, but, you know, think of it as seeing the world through borrowed glasses. You can see the world through new lenses and get a different view and maybe even your best prescription for having a clear vision. And there are schools of thought that would call that being a truth seeker if that's what you're, um, you know, what you're into. It's, um, I think we all need to be, all of us who are awake, you know, we're all naturally that. Um, and, you know, one of the systems that um, that I have actually spent a lot of time with, you know, I'm really interested in all this, uh, you know, anything that helps a person grow, I'm interested in it. And there's one of these ancient systems actually comes from India, and it's the Ayurvedic method of understanding energies that flows through your chakras. And you might have heard chakras, it's spelled C-H-A-K-R-A-S, but it's uh, pronounced at least here in the Western worlds as chakras. And, you know, in the human body, there are seven main energy centers or chakras that are commonly referenced in working with energy. And when you understand and work with these energy centers, it can be really illuminating and offer access to profound power that you may not even known that you could have accessed. And by understanding your energy centers and how they're showing up in your life and in your business and in what you're doing, you can ensure that your life is operating at optimal speed and balance for itself. And And so it can be really powerful. Um, You know, John Quincy Adams said, patience and perseverance have a magical effect before which difficulties disappear and obstacles vanish. And that's part of it. You know, we humans, we are persistent, if nothing else, you know, even if we're going in the wrong direction, we are persistent about it. (laughs) So, because we want to prove ourselves right, right? So, Mm -hmm. You know, it really, language can be a barrier or an obstacle in front of true understanding. And so that's why paying attention to the words that you use to communicate with is so powerful. And so, you know, the word prospecting, you know, is related to mighty gems. This literally means um, in view, it's a source of profit. When you prospect, you are looking to view something as a source of profit and you're finding it. And because this particular show is focused on prospecting the inner gems and maybe the outer gems that we may not have noticed because they're so familiar, we're looking at them with a new lens of perception. It's a different system. And this, you know, the terminology about mighty gems also relates to the understanding of profit, which is another word that has several meanings. And that, you know, we profit from the information, we profit from the valuable insights, and and then we determine their value to ourselves as we come up with anything we need to choose because of 
what we've discovered and then take action if we need to on our findings. So, you know, and then the word system, you know, there's all these different systems. We can see the word astrology, feng shui, numerology, hand reading, face reading. Um, you know, there's all these different systems. But a system is simply a method, a plan, or a procedure that can look complex from the outside, but it's because it's made up of a lot of moving parts. And when you put them together in a step-by-step process, you can actually plug yourself into that process and have some idea of the direction you're going in. So, you know, my experience is that people can operate with their blinders in place and be kind of numb about where they're going. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just happens, right? And and we've seen people, you know, we've all seen people that they're like, you know, wow, you know, they're really in a deep sleep. And it's because they've become kind of immune to what's happening or they've gotten caught in, you know, their comfort zone or they're in their box. They just, they really literally cannot see outside of that. And so they don't recognize new possibilities or opportunities. And so, you know, I have... Um, all kinds of stories about what I've encountered since 1998 as a person who has worked with people in understanding their belief systems or BS. <laughs> so, um, you know, many people have explored parts of their various systems depending on what was speaking to them. So I've become fluent in a number of systems. The first step is really just to start. And so the focus here in this in Mighty Gems is to help you prospect in a way that the tools are clear and simple so that it's easy and it feels profitable when you encounter whatever it is that you discover. Brian Tracy said, a clear vision backed by definite plans gives you a tremendous feeling of confidence and personal power. Um, and it's so true. It's so true. I, I actually, a little while ago, I wrote a book um, called Heal the Chakras of Your Business, Adapt the Ancient Wellness Systems for the Wealth of Your Business Today. And even though that was focused from a business perspective, it really starts with understanding the energy system within yourself because the business is only a reflection of where you are. And so we're going to be talking a little bit more about the chakras um, as we go. And I, you know, it's a powerful system. Uh, you know, the first chakra is the starting point. And the first chakra is really physically in your body. It's located basically at your groin. And it's related to having a sense of belonging. And it's your primal, most basic needs. It's your family. It's, it's how you you connect to the universe in terms of time and space. And as you relate to this energy system within yourself, that determines your relationship with everything outside of yourself. So the chakras are points of connection at which energy flows from one body of a person to another. And all these wheels are just perpetually rotating. And into the hub or open mouth of each is a force from a higher world that's always flowing. And I think that was from C.W. Ledbetter in the chakras. Um, and, and you know, just I'm going to interrupt you right here. We need to get back to this, and I want to continue with this. But right now we have to stop for a commercial break so as soon as we come back Lynn I want let's continue with what we're talking about with the chakras please live up to your fullest potential this is the voice America empowerment channel Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Be Mighty. We're right now discussing uh, chakra systems, and uh, Lynn has um, written a book concerning it, has done a lot of work with her clients in different ways. Um, Lynn, one of the points here that we were talking about was um, kind of represented by Barbara Ann Brennan in Hands of Light. The points or tips of the chakras where they connect to the main power current are all called the roots of the hearts of the chakras. Within these hearts are seals which control exchange of energy between layers of the aura through that uh, particular chakra. That is, each of the seven chakras has seven layers, each corresponding to a layer of the auric field. And interestingly, we can all relate to the words, you know, which actually offer us a a feel-good. And sometimes we're actually talking about something and feeling good, and then we switch based upon the, the now moment. So what do we need to do in that moment that will likely be available if we are not listening or are listening? And when we, we take a look at the actual wheels of the chakras, they're vibrating in a lot of different directions. And so um, when we want to feel good, we're attempting to make sure everything is in sync, it is balanced. And Abraham and Esther Hicks in their um, 1991, February 23rd, 1991, um, you know, discussions uh, came up with a, a comment saying, when you become so determined that you want to feel good, you have become, as your inner being is, in such a pure place of positive energy, then that which is negative energy simply can't mix with you. It defies law. If you are very strong and clear about your positive wanting and feeling it, then bad things simply cannot get in. Colds can't get in. Car accidents can't get in. And anything that you are not wanting cannot be your, your personal experience. That's it's a pretty so powerful true. statement. Mm-hmm. And so don't you find it's true? Oh, When you're definitely. like happy? Yeah, if you're like in a positive place and you're kind of radiant and everything's like abundant, you're having a great hair day and, you know, the weather's <laughs> awesome and, you know, you're driving in your car and you're like, woohoo, that's mine. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> there is, like you're eight feet tall and bulletproof in that moment. Like, you know, everything just works. It just works. And, 
you know, uh, the people you meet smile at you in the grocery store. You know, you have random conversations with people. They compliment you. It's amazing. It's a magical place. Well, interesting. Um, in one of our local grocery stores, there's a, a teller or a, a cashier, and he's just a bundle of of laughter and energy. And um, he doesn't have red hair, but he has. Um, hair that looks, you know, he's like spiked it all over. So he's always a, a point of contact that people are <laughs> looking at and smiling. I mean, it's kind of interesting because he's such a bubbly personality and uh, he's just really out there with a statement and very, very happy with himself and offering time for, you know, smiling for people. Um, sometimes it can feel like you're in a construction zone. You know, you're putting together a system for yourself to operate. The energy system has a lot of components, but we can discover them one by one and build upon each as we are prospecting. It's really a focus and discovering the value for yourself or others. The root starting point has to do with the words relating to connection, and a valuable gem that comes to mind is the ruby, which is bright red. When um, I was out researching what this meant uh, for myself, the ruby showed up as being my discovery at this moment, and what a ruby gemstone means is it's the most powerful gem in the universe and is associated with many astral signs. To actually own a ruby is said to have contentment and peace. Placed under a pillow, that ruby can ward off bad dreams. Any rings should be worn on the left hand so as to receive life force and have protection. Given as a gift, the ruby is a symbol of friendship and love. Beauty is also the symbol of vitality and royalty. It's really a love stone, and it also helps um, have us, you know, be in a sense of passion, which is really, you know, if you're lacking in self-love and you don't have a passion about things, um, really it's it's kind of a, a hard place to be for very long. Um, it does help with the flow of blood as the aid to circulation, so it aids in the cleansing and removal of infection or gems in the blood. Ruby may be worn in jewelry, but never really close to the solar plexus, as the ruby has a disquieting effect upon it. And so you want to wear your ring on your left hand. Now, the color of ruby varies, you know, in various levels of red. The most desired color is a pigeon blood, which is pure red, with a hint of blue. If the color is too pink, the stone is a pink sapphire. The same is true if it's too violet. It is a violet sapphire. The best rubies and star rubies are bright red, and a lot of these come from Burma and Thailand. This was a huge discovery for myself as I was pondering, okay, what does, you know, what does this mean, and how does it show up in my you know, view of what I was looking for? So here's another Abraham um, suggestion from the non-physical, you created you. And now from the physical, you continue to create. And we are nothing if we are not flowers, flowers of energy. I thought that was really cool. I, I love gardens and the effect and concepts of gardens. And so that really spoke to me. We must have objects of attention that are ringing our bells in order to feel the fullness of who we are flowing through us for the continuation of all that is. That is what we are. Um, that is what really puts the internalists in eternity and so, for me, you know, can I just like say something I think what this is telling me is that if I want to date more I need to like get a bunch of rubies is that right <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a clue 
<laughs> yeah, right. I'll and take the biggest us, ruby you who, have. <laughs> for those of us who have ruby as our birthstone. Me too. Is yours really? Yours is yeah. ruby as your birthstone. Oh, me too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, ruby's cool. I like rubies. When I was actually looking at this particular one, though, in prep for this show, the stone that came to me wasn't the ruby. It was the ocean picture stone. And these are probably a lot less common. I'm pretty sure that just about everybody's going to have some sort of image or picture in their mind of what a ruby is um, because it is one of the birthstones, and we tend to be more aware of those. The ocean picture stone, it's... It's a combination of blues and greens and browns, and it kind of looks like ocean waves crashing on a rocky shore, and because it can go from sky sky blue to green with the white and brown, and the way the colors are layered, it really does look like it's here's coming these ocean waves onto the shore. There's only one place in the world where you can find it. That's in British Columbia. And it's actually becoming more of a treasure because it is so rare. It's not found in very many places. And it can be seen as a soother, a balancer, and a harmonizer. And if you think about this, you know, it's one of the things that is very soothing for myself, and I think a lot of other people too, is being on a beach and just watching the waves come in over and over and over and it's it's just kind of a very soothing process um let's just storm then you want to go somewhere else um you know but just in general just watching the waves come in it, it can be a very very soothing process the ocean picture stone can unleash pent-up tensions and anxieties in a positive manner and like being at the ocean it can provide a sense of scope or horizon, so it kind of it helps to put things in perspective. So the issues that seem to be so powerful and so overwhelming in our lives are kind of shrunk down because when you're sitting on the beach, looking out over the horizon, looking at the ocean, things that seem so large in our own lives really kind of shrink down in perspective. And so as part of this. It helps you to figure out really a better sense of who you are and what you can achieve becomes more realistic. The ocean picture stone is also sensitive to earthquakes, healing, energetic healing, and the presence of spirits. It can also move kundalini energy. Um, and Lynn, probably you have a better grasp of how to explain kundalini energy than I do. If you could just jump in here and give us a definition of that well kundalini is um it's really your basic life force energy and it's essentially coiled at the bottom of your spine and so the in the tradition of the kundalini when they say you want your kundalini to rise it's depicted almost as like a serpent or a snake that kind of weaves up and through your whole system energetically and it unites your body all the aspects of your body so when your kundalini moves uh, your, it rocks your world. It's <laughs> and it can, yet unites you with all the you know the the entire collective consciousness. It, you become, you know, it's it's a very dynamic and passionate dance with collective consciousness. Okay, moving through. Thank you. you. 
Much, much better than I could have said that one. (laughs) Motion picture stones are found in the region of the Native American Nez Perce, and I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but I hope I am. And Chief Joseph of the Nez Perce was the first to encourage his people to fight no more forever in modern terms. And here, basically, what's coming across is that Ocean Picture Stone represents the sovereign who is thoughtful and methodical in all his actions to avoid inciting his people to hasty displays of aggression, which a lot of times can end very badly. And Ocean Picture Stone has the energy of bringing in all the people that are marginalized, in the dispossessed people, the people who are outside of the mainstream, into the whole for increased survival ability as well as community solidarity. So basically, it's the energy of this stone is one that brings us all together, both for our individual but also for our, the survival of our communities and ultimately of the world. Well, that's a really good, um, you know, that particular stone is really good for the year of the sheep, which is what we're in now, because that's all about the collective moving together as a community and paying attention to what other people are doing. It's um, it's a really great uh, representation of this year. But you know what? I have to say, I don't think I'm realistic in what I can, what I believe I can achieve. And I encourage people to not be realistic, because if we're realistic, we allow the limitations of current circumstances to dictate our future. So I think you actually have to be unrealistic about what you want to achieve in order to achieve beyond where you are or beyond where you think you can actually, like you don't want to let the current circumstances determine, you know, what you believe is possible when the sky is the limit. It could actually be a lot bigger. Does that make sense? It, well, it's, it's, it's a thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. You know, if you say, well, that's not realistic, then you're closing yourself off to change. And so, yes, you have to go beyond what's realistic and, yeah. you know, be willing to make make the leaps and bounds into places that people so say, you know, oh, that's not very practical or whatever. But that's how change happens. Well, it's like right. looking down the mining hole <laughs> mm-hmm. with a big hole, <laughs> big W. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, and for those who don't know what that means, it's like it's you know we're so conditioned to relate to the hole with a small H, which means basically you know what's what's wrong? Oh, the weather is really bad today, or you know, gosh, you know, my hip hurts so much, or oh, I gotta look at my checkbook, you know. But really, if you're communicating through the hole with the big W, it's like how amazing is it that we're here, like today, breathing together, and you know how much how much better can it possibly get? Because this is already amazing, you know. You're you come from a different place. It's your perspective is revealed through the conversations that you have and the way that you choose to communi- communicate, whether that's the big W or the small H. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's really powerful. And I, you know, realistic. It, it's like when people say they're realistic, it's like, ooh, it's just it's such a dream killer. You know, it's a big mm-hmm. birth kill. <laughs> it is. <clears throat> yeah, well, there's so much to talk about. Like, you know, we could talk about colors, too, because you were talking about colors with the, the, the ocean stone. Um, and really, color, it, we're so visual. We humans, um, the study of color is really uh, um, a key determining factor in human behavior because it affects everything. 
And, you know, and, uh, like in, you know, I'm a feng shui practitioner. Color is used to create feelings of expansiveness or spaciousness or cozy intimacy. Um, and, you know, even then people are affected by different colors in different ways. So for Americans, 35% of Americans will choose blue as their top choice. And 16% will choose green. Purple is 10% and red is just 9%. And red is really a power color. It's really considered auspicious because it makes things happen. And it's also related to the first chakra, which is, that's like the big boom. That's like the big bang. Um, and, you know, uh, a preference for blue and green might be due to a preference for certain habitats that used to be beneficial to our ancestors. Um, and there's evidence that um, color preference might also depend on the ambient temperature. So people who are cold prefer warm colors like red and yellow, while people who are hot prefer cool colors like blue and green, which kind of makes sense. I mean, if you live in the tropics, you know, you kind of want you know, you'll see a lot of like turquoises and oceany colors. Um, and some research has shown that men and women um, choose colors. Um, women like warm colors and men like cool colors, which I'm not sure about that. I, I know that, you know, in feng shui there's some different things about that, but it's pretty interesting. And then, you know, cultural background has an influence on color preference too because people from the same region, regardless of race, will actually have some of the same color preferences and one region might have different preferences than a different than another region of that same country regardless of their race. And children's preferences, um, they, they'll usually gravitate towards pleasant and comforting colors um, and they can vary, whereas adult color preferences usually, um, it just doesn't change. It, you know, it is what it is. Um, and of course, color affects mood, but studies and research do not agree on which moods are brought out by which colors. So it's kind of interesting. Um, and a psychologist named Andrew Elliott tested to see if the color of a person's clothing could make them appear more sexually appealing. So of course, you know I sat up straight and read this part, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he found that to men, women dressed in the color red were significantly more likely to attract romantic attention than women in any other color. However, for women, the color of a person's shirt, of a man's shirt, made no difference in their level of attractiveness. And in feng shui, we've done rituals around um, wearing the color red in order to attract a partner or a mate, and it's pretty amazing. Hey, there goes my cell phone. That never happens. Sorry about that. We almost started singing there. Um, but anyway, uh, and despite cross-cultural differences regarding what different colors mean, um, there are cross-cultural similarities regarding what emotional states people associate with different colors in one study. So the color red is perceived as strong and active, typically. That's, you know, that's always kind of the way that it is. But it's amazing. When you start paying attention to the colors, just go in your closet. Open the closet door and look at, you know, if you squint your eyes and just look to see what's the dominant color that you choose to wear. Well, that can tell you a lot. in your wardrobe. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> or look around yeah. your house and kind of squint and go, okay, what color stands out in my house? You know, and if you don't see a color, that's kind of not great. <laughs> you know, you should have a little color in there, right? So, you know, from a feng shui standpoint, for sure. Well, and, but, you know, there's lots of discovery. Um, and right now we're going to discover a commercial break, and then we'll be back for some more prospecting. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you living your dream yet? If not, then why not? 
Everyone has a greatness inside of them to achieve what they deserve in their lives. But how do you find the motivation to get started? Tune in to Your Authentic Life with host Susan Cranston. Susan's advice, along with expert guests, will help you improve your relationships, start or change your career, and achieve the seemingly unattainable goal. Listen live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Be Mighty. We're discovering... uh lots of new potentials in color and words that we use, maybe in some other relationships. Sam Levinson said, it's a good thing that when God created the rainbow, he didn't consult a decorator, or he would have still been picking colors. <laughs> <laughs> and so, in relating to the, the word ruby, you know, which is part of the terminology around the, the first chakra's um, discovery here to uh, connections, I think of the colors for myself, I think of colors in nature that are really red and how I feel about those. Um, and each each of the feelings I would relate to have to do with the actual element that I was in. It's like if you look at red leaves of trees in the fall, you know, how, how those catch your attention. And I've actually dried some of the leaves and have them scattered around because they're so colorful and they've actually kept their color, which is amazing. Uh, red in the sunset or sunrise, which, you know, if you look at the words sunset and sunrise, they're really the endings and beginnings of each day. So it's really a perception, too, and um, there's a lot of color that is associated from history with sacrifice, danger, and courage. Red was actually the color of the revolution, so we had a revolutionary technical opportunity. In terms of food, it has been one of the most common synthetic food colorings, and was originally manufactured from coal tar, but it's mostly made from petroleum now. In Europe, it was not recommended for consumption by children, and a lot of the other places have switched from their use of it. In humans, red hair actually occurs in 1% to 2% of the human population, and the term redhead has been used since 1510. There's cultural reactions which have varied from ridicule to admiration, and one of the most common stereotypes that exists is regarding redheads as fiery-tempered. 
Edward de Bono said, one very important aspect of motivation is the willingness to stop and look at things that no one else has bothered to look at. This simple process of focusing on things that are normally taken for granted is a powerful source of creativity. So when we look at this in terms of the color red, and Dee was mentioning different places that she associates with red, and for me, the first one that came to my memory was the tulips. Growing up in Pennsylvania, we had red tulips in front of our house. And, you know, so the red leaves in the fall, the red tulips in the spring. Red is a powerful color, both in terms of passion. It's been associated with love, but it's also been associated with hatred, anger, aggression, and war. And in ancient times, red was the color of Mars, who was the god of war, not the planet. Um, the planet Mars was actually named for him because of the way it looks red to us here on Earth. People who are angry are said to see red. Red is associated with heat and fire. Red is a traditional color of warning and danger. In the Middle Ages, if an army was um, marching along over the countryside and the town that they castle that they came on flew a red flag, it meant that the people inside the castle or the town were going to defend it. A red flag hosted by a warship or hoisted by a warship meant that they would show no mercy to their enemy. In Britain, in the earlier days of cars, motor cars, the if you were going to drive a motor car, you had to hire somebody to either walk in front of you holding a red flag or wearing a horse in front of you, uh, riding a horse in front of you with a red flag because that would warn other horse-drawn vehicles that this loud, noisy car with an engine was going to be coming along and to be careful with your horses. And it was the Locomotives on Highways Act in 1986 that abolished 18. this law. It had to be 18. Eight, yeah. Excuse me, 1896. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> A little bit farther away than yeah. 1996. I don't remember that one. <laughs> in automobile races, the red flag is, ranged, is raised if there's a danger to the drivers. An international football player who has made a serious violation of the rules is shown a red penalty card and ejected from the game. So we use red in all sorts of ways just driving around our roads. Red is the color of the stop signs. Red light means to stop. So you can see where kind of the connotation of red from danger has transitioned to stop. You know, the red stop. We like see red. I like the one where it's like, show no mercy. So I think I need to go and buy a big red flag. I need need one in my house. I need one in my car. Pay attention. (laughs) Red is a color that says pay attention. That's right. And if I got my big old ruby, well, look out, boys. (laughs) (laughs) And don't you have a red car, too? No, my car is black. Oh, black. My car is black. You know why? Because statistically, red cars get more tickets. Mm-hmm. And I need all the help I can get. <laughs> <laughs> I got to fly under the radar. I got to go to yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, you know, all this. I mean, as we're like prospecting here through all these different views on connections around us, we're, 
you know, we're looking at colors and we're looking at systems and really what's happening is we're looking at a wheel of energy or a vortex. Abraham Hicks talks about the, the, the spinning disc, right? And, you know, we've been kind of talking about these and discovering these, you know, in a little more detail, but um, you know, as I was sharing earlier, there's seven primary energy centers that go through our human energy system, and then there's others that expand from those primary seven. There's really like, I don't know, hundreds of chakras, really. Um, but you know, these energy systems, these are these are all called windows to the soul, and they all provide a subtle connection into our soul's consciousness. And for me, it's I like to play with which system makes the most sense because you know we we're actually fluent in all of them we just might have forgotten but we're that's there for us and the life force energy that is um coming through these energy centers this is what activates our physical and emotional and our mental states and so as we apply the concept of prospecting language to the discoveries that we're seeking it will bring clarity so that we can learn more about our connection to our higher self and the purpose of why we're here and what contributions that we uniquely have to offer to the bigger universe in terms of discovery. And, you know, the prophet, actually, it's pretty funny. I have a friend, um, he's the prophet prophet. <laughs> wow, that's and, Yeah, right? And, but the prophet of these personal discoveries is really the opportunity to explore our most robust expressions of our fullest potential. That's really the gift of these discoveries. And, uh, you know, we connect to ourselves and to, to others and to nature. That is our prospecting arena. We're exploring and creating the structure. And in doing so, we're learning our core identity and we're going above and beyond in a new territory. And that is exciting. James Cook said, do just once what others say you can't do and you will never pay attention to their limitations again. And that's what we were talking about with that whole realistic thing. Like, do not be realistic. I would say forget the whole realistic thing. Like, get, you know, live, be unreasonable. Be unreasonable. Do not accept tolerations. Go for it. Live your life. You know, expand. And pay attention to your energy and pay attention to colors and pay attention to language and how you're communicating. When you're aware, now here's the downside. You know, when you're aware, you've got to own it all. So you have to own if you are showing up in a way that doesn't support your best and highest expression. So you may find out, one of my clients find out that, uh, found out that she wasn't a very nice person. <laughs> you know, she just... She's like, wait, wait a minute. I, you know, is can that possibly be real? And I'm like, well, yeah. And if it is, you accept that, embrace it, and then change it. You know, you can't just go, oh, you know, um, I, I was short with that waiter because you know I'm having a bad day. Well, wait a second. You know, why should your bad day create one for them? Right. So mm -hmm. you really have to be accountable in ways, large and small, of how you're showing up in your world. And you can't always see it. Just like your eyeball cannot see itself without a mirror, you cannot maybe see yourself without others reflecting it back to you. So pay attention to what they're giving you back, what signals they're giving you, what are the cues, what are the little subtle things that they're sharing in their body language with you about how you are showing up. That's how they're going to communicate. It's unlikely that people have the strength or the courage or the responsibility to show up and tell you how you're, you're showing up. That's not their thing. You know, unless you're actually, you've hired someone to be your coach or your mentor, people generally 
will either have an ulterior motive or they're not going to be able to see it themselves um, or they're not going to have the courage. So, you know, you really have to pay the attention to the subtle energy cues as to what's happening in how you're coming across in the world. So, um, you know, this is exciting. I mean, this is really, this is life-changing information happening here on Mighty Gems. This is a powerhouse program, and I would dare say that there is no other show like this anywhere. Like... <laughs> We just talk about all kinds of stuff, and we go into the history and the research and you know the meaning behind stuff, and it's very exciting. It is really cool. Well, and trying to bring you know boil it down and prospecting is kind of a fun terminology because it it comes back to the sense of value that each of us have is different. So each of the things that we we look at, we look at with a different lens or a different perception, and the the language that we use is so unique to ourselves, but yet it's so powerful that if we each were to take that a look at that, then it gives opportunity to be providing a source of support for, you know, changes in the in our environment with our relationships. So it's it's very, very valuable. And it's a lot of fun to play with too. Oh yeah, language is, is one of those that um, I've been a poet since I was five when I could hold a pencil and I'm, you know, I'm just intrigued by poetry and how the words can mean so many different things and you, you can paint a picture with words. I'm you- a poet and I know it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's very, uh, very fun and uh, we love exploring these different um, opportunities and Lynn, thank you so much for your your direction and coaching. We we appreciate that oh, input you. and you know your book is a powerful statement. So it's um, we're going to be exploring more as we go here uh, with this in depth view and our lens lenses or you know periscope if you want to go whichever direction. Um, we 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 really look like you know we look and act like prospectors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I don't know. Are we going to be emerging, you know, covered in coal dust? Is that what ends up happening? <laughs> we'll dust it off. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so we are participating in a mine, mining exploration of discovery here under Mighty Gem, spotlighting everyday jewels. And we're sparkling focus beyond yourself. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to um, exploring more gems next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining Kmar and D. Lee for Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time. Be sure to come back for another great show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you here next week. Music.